Welcome to Creatively Christian, a podcast by Theophany Media, where we inspire, inform, educate, and empower creative Christians of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Hollingsworth. On this episode, Lynn Baber interviews award-winning artist Matt Tommy about making art a sustainable career. So without further ado, let's check it out. Welcome to today's podcast on Creatively Christian, and I am both delighted and honored to introduce to you Matt Tommy. So this is something I have looked forward to because there's things I want to hear from him, and I know you do too. So Matt Tommy is an artist, author, and mentor to Christian artists around the world. His passion is enabling artists to thrive spiritually, artistically, and in business from a kingdom perspective. Now he's an artist mentor, helping thousands of artists around the world understand and flow in their divine design while being led by God's voice, teaching artists to develop their unique artistic voice and create from a place of spirit-led connection. He is also host of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. So Matt, welcome, and thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. My, my pleasure. Well, I'm, you know, it's like, where do we get started? Because this is just, <laughs> I look at this like a, a banquet, and there are so many places to, to taste a dish here and taste a dish there. But just to kind of get us on the kind of going forward, can you share with the audience, what was your path to get where you are today? Well, like a lot of artists, I kind of was a multidisciplinary person my whole life. I started playing piano when I was four, started making uh, with my hands kind of in Boy Scouts as an early teen. And by the time I got to, to college, I was making, working at Christian camps. I was leading worship. I felt a call to ministry. So I kind of was all wrapped up in lots of different creative pursuits. Um, I actually found uh, my way vocationally into ministry through leading worship uh, right out of college at the University of Georgia. But I also had this kind of side thing that I'd always loved of making baskets. Um, I found a, a book on basket making when I was working at a bookstore at the University of Georgia and found this book on on taking kudzu, which is, uh, the they call it the vine that ate the South. It grows like 12 to 14 inches a day in the summertime. And it's the bane of our existence in the South. But I found this book about making baskets and I had a bunch of kudzu out behind my apartment building. And so I literally went out and started making baskets out of that material. And all my buddies thought I was crazy. And <laughs> I just kind of kept making them for years, uh, really for about 15 years as a hobby while I was in ministry. And then I got out of ministry. I was owned a marketing company in Atlanta, but my baskets kind of were always um, this undercurrent. And it's in 2009, God kind of brought all that together, all my, my business, marketing, creative, art experience. Um, I actually had a, a series of dreams in 2009 where God woke me up in the middle of the night, 3.09 in the morning uh, with a dream that said, uh, I've called you as a father to artists to go to the nations and raise up an army of artists to reveal my glory in the earth. And that really began this incredible journey over the last 11 years of bringing my baskets to the forefront as a business that started and really has thrived over these last years, 
also kind of became the fodder for then writing books to encourage artists along their you know spiritual journey in the kingdom uh, but also from a place of real sonship and healing and wholeness and and that sort of thing and uh conferences and all that so i kind of look back on it now and i'm like there's no way that i could have planned you know any of this but god is such a god of convergence and he uses all the things that we're both passionate about and that we walk through in order to to glorify him so yeah, I think that I absolutely agree with it. I, I just love your what you've brought onto the table here because something that I say all the time is God wastes nothing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely nothing. And I, I want to, you know, I was thinking of doing this later, but you just gave me the perfect opening. <laughs> you have you have a meme, or you've said somewhere on your website, you said your provision is tied to your assignment. Yeah. And when you talked about kudzu. The stuff that is the bane of your existence, yeah, all yeah. of a sudden, here you have an entree into something brand new. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting, you know, as I looked at that uh, kudzu, you know, as a, a 19-year-old kid, just kind of looking for something to do. I, I, I always joke and say, of course, every 19-year-old college student is is looking for a basket-making book, right? <laughs> Not, you know, but it just made sense to me. And I loved being in the woods. I always felt a deep connection with the Lord. Um, just, I think really viscerally, you know, not even cognitively, but just, I just knew that, that God was there when I'd be in the woods. And so making, and this idea that I could go in the woods and pull stuff out that everybody said was no good, cursed, bad. Why would you want to do anything with that? I love that redemptive nature of that. And um, of course, later on, the Lord told me, he said, you know, the, the, the thing that you do in the natural, you know, go into the woods, the highways and byways and gather all those things that are cursed and no good and nobody likes and create it into a thing of beauty. He said, that's the same thing I've called you to do in the spirit as you gather artists all over the world and help them to connect with their true identity and, and true calling. And so it's been a real interesting journey. I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of the only people, I guess, ever that's made a living off of Kudzu, but it's, it's been an incredible journey and, and incredible business that we built. So, well, when people come to you when, you, when you are a mentor to other artists, how do you use, you know, this truth that your provision is tied to your assignment? You know, something that, that I talk with my, the people that I work with, it's about, we work in God's plan, his power yeah. and his provision. And God did not tell Moses, hey, you know, go part the Red Sea and I can't wait to see how you do it. Exactly. <laughs> how do you bring that to the people that you work with? Well, you know, I started to realize in my own journey after struggling lots of years with trying to figure out how to walk in provision and do the thing that God's called me to do. Like, you know, cause I was kind of taught like most Christians are taught, go get a job, go to college, go do this and that, the other, make enough money so that you can then go do whatever God's calling you to do. But you don't see that in the Bible. You see people following the assignment and that as they follow the assignment, the provision is there for everything they need. Um, I started, you know, verses like in, in 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4 that says you've already been given everything you need for life and godliness, and we participate in the divine nature through the precious promises of God. I started realizing, wow, you mean God's already promised to provide for me? He already said I was his son. He said that if I'd seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that all these things, these natural things, would be added unto me. And so 
I just started really focusing on, all right, Lord, who is it that you call me to be? Who is it that you've called me? You know, how have you designed me specifically? And how can I say yes to that today in a real practical way? And as I began to do that, I call it double doors of favor. It was just like, all of a sudden, the whole world opened up where the resources, the relationships, the opportunities, the the finances that I need, I needed to be able to do the thing God had called me to do, they started to line up. And I'm still walking in that. And as I walk with other artists, I think helping them to shift from working for God to working with God uh, in their assignment and in their design, that's a really, really powerful truth that uh, continues to transform uh, my life. I, I think that is such a beneficial, I hope, I hope everybody listening really heard that because yeah. some of the thing, when you're in God's will, it yeah. is effortless. Yeah. yeah. It, it's truly being lifted up uh, almost on that spiritual hoverboard that he just brings you and you flow with it. Yeah. But you also have such a business connection. And I find that to be fascinating and something I think that a lot of artists, you know, they have one brain that that's working and then the other one's kind of going, oh, I don't think I want to work here. So you also have um, a book called Crafting Your Brand. Yeah. Could you talk to, you know, our audience who are creatives and maybe don't understand what a brand is and how important it is for everyone. Yeah, it really is. And I, and I think just as a caveat to that, the, the thing that I started learning in business, um, because I lived in these kind of silos, right? Business life over here, spiritual life over here, art life over here. I started realizing, oh, wow, the same Holy Spirit that's speaking to me at church can speak to me uh, on Monday morning in my studio. And as I'm planning my marketing strategies and I'm deciding what show to go to or what gallery to apply to or whatever. And so Again, this melding of, of realizing, wow, my whole life is, is a part of the kingdom, not just my spiritual life. And for me, I think one of the first things that Holy Spirit began to teach me in, re, in regards to building a brand was that connection is key, that unless I'm, I'm building connection with my audience in an authentic way, both in person, on social media, on the web, through strategic partnerships, through uh, events through all the different things that we do as as marketers and, and artists that unless I was building connection I, I really just kind of felt like a used car salesman no offense to all the used car salesmen out there but um, I always felt like I was trying to put one over on people trying to convince them how to how to buy but as I began to kind of follow the Holy Spirit's lead of of building connection authentically sharing who I am doing work that was at the top of my game uh, and putting that out there in the marketplace and then watching for who's connecting with me, who's referring me, who's buying from me, who's excited about what I'm doing. As I would find that place of connection, that's where I had the greatest opportunity to buy uh, or to, to form a business. And you know, your brand is what everybody says about you when you're not around, right? That's what they, it's the, the top of mind thing that they think of about you. And I just found for me, the more authentically that I shared who I was and what I loved and I looked for, I, I realized that not everybody was my, my client, you know, that I, I wasn't trying to sell to everybody. I was just trying to build connection with the right people. And as I, as I did that over time, um, I, I was able to build a really, really thriving art business. Um, funny enough for somebody that 
was in marketing and sold advertising. I never marketed or advertised. I just, I just built relationship with people and, and it, it really grew on its own from there. So, you know, you, that was, that was just more priceless truth for people. The brand is who you authentically are. It isn't yeah, who we yeah. think people want to see. It's who right. God made us to be so that whatever shines out of us is real. Yeah. And, and then the brand, excuse me, the brand is consistency. Absolutely. It creates trust. And, and as you said, a wonderful point is that everyone isn't your ideal client or customer. Right. Yeah, that's huge. I think, you know, for me, I've had a, a gallery and studio in Asheville for the last 10 years or so. Uh, in the River Arts District. So imagine 200 plus artists in a mile and a half, uh, old warehouse buildings, just really cool vibe. And um, the, the beautiful, that's kind of been a really, just a hotbed of learning for me because you just got constant people, you know, coming in the gallery and coming in, talking to you, seeing what you're doing. But you realize really quickly who's your client and who's not. And in fact, my, my studio assistants will always be like, how do you know? How do you know who to talk to and who not to talk to? And I'm like, listen, I know at this point, you just know, you know, you, there's a, there is a knowing that comes of, of knowing who your clients are, knowing how they look at your work, how they interact with you, the questions they ask, the things they're looking for. And it just becomes, uh, becomes easy, but Holy Spirit just kind of taught me to, to trust his voice, trust my gut, trust, you know, pay attention to things as I would, as I grew over the years. And it really uh, has been a phenomenal journey. So. So for people who are listening to this, Matt, would you say that, you know, when someone comes into your art space and they come in to, you know, to test, to browse, to check you out. Um, if I understand you correctly, it's like, really be tuned into who that person is yeah but also kind of stand to the outside and look at them from a spiritual point of view you know what what are they projecting what are you projecting and what are you receiving from the holy spirit at that moment yeah absolutely and it doesn't mean that every interaction is going to end in a prophetic word or a healing or a salvation or something like that but you know i've just learned over the years that those nudges that I, that I get that oftentimes I wouldn't pay attention to early on, uh, those are so important. That's how Holy Spirit speaks to us, you know, uh, pay attention, ask that question, go talk to that person, even though you may not want to in the, you know, in the natural, you never, ever know. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, I was teaching a class, I had like 12 students in the, in the studio, in the, uh, in the teaching area, and the gallery was open, it was a Saturday, there were tons of people around, and it was not a day that I was like really free to talk to, you know, lots of people coming in. So my studio assistant was kind of up uh, dealing with a lot of that. And one of the students saw somebody walking around and went over there and talked to her. And she was like, Matt, you need to go talk to this lady. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I did not want to do it. Well, turns out, because in my mind, she didn't look like my ideal customer, you know. Turns out this she's a young woman, 27, 28 years old, kind of, you know, raggedly dressed and that sort of thing. She was an executive producer for National Geographic Channel. And they had been in Asheville all week long looking for artists who primarily worked in natural materials to be featured on a television show. And she was like, we've been looking all week for you and we didn't even know it. Would you, can we feature you in a show that we're going to do about Asheville and 
And I was like, uh, yes, you know, but it was this complete divine appointment that I think I could have easily, easily missed had I not been willing to kind of go outside my, my comfort zone. And, um, so, you know, I just got story after story after story after that, that how God intersects our, our path, but we've all got to be willing to say yes to that and, and, uh, and take the step. So, you know, there's the parable of, of the good Samaritan and who is my neighbor and the neighbor doesn't always look exactly as we expect. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's also, for those of you listening, your ideal client or customer may not always look exactly as you expect, but when you yeah. hear, when you receive that nudge from the Holy Spirit, pay attention. So yeah, I think, exactly. I think that's more gold. I want to ask <laughs> you this too, since you, I mean, you mentor other artists and I know you've been mm-hmm. received awards uh, for, for how well you do that. What's, you know, in general, what's the number one roadblock a new mentee offers to you and shows you? Mindset. Mindset. 100% of the time, I don't care if you've been a Christian your whole life or if you're a brand new Christian, I don't care what level of art you're at. Most uh, artists have this really deep relationship with, uh, as Julia Cameron would say, the inner critic, the imposter syndrome, you know, whatever it is that you, that you want to say. I, I mean, from a very real perspective, from a spiritual perspective, I think that it's, it's the enemy who just is there to lie to us and confuse and steal and kill and destroy. And because most believers and especially artists have not learned how to actively renew their mind, they're absolutely in the fight of their lives all the time trying to believe in the best of their ability that the thing that they're they feel called and designed to do is actually worth doing it that they're worthy to do it that they're good enough to do it that they can make money do it that that it would somehow please god if they did it and so all of that what i call stinking thinking is is the number one thing that artists have to get through and and if you can which a big part of our, our process and in, in created to thrive is helping artists to cultivate their heart and mind, to do a reset, um, to align with God's word and his promises, his truth for our life. Uh, when, when we can help artists make that shift again, it's almost like all of the things that they've been waiting for, all the opportunities, the resources, the relationships, the finances, all of a sudden they can receive those. Um, and, and actually experience the abundant life that God's got for him because otherwise all that lie and all the lies and all that stinking thinking, it literally creates a boundary around you and keeps you from being able to experience all that God's got for you. And it's a, it's such a beautiful process to watch people get free, uh, get free from that and start walking in who God's called them to be. So, you know, Matt, I have to tell you, I wish I could, I mean, I could show you my screen, but I'm not going to waste the time. So <laughs> here's my next question. Yes. From a recent podcast, the key to, a, I'm reading this guys, I'm reading it off my notes. I'm telling you right now. The key to effectively renewing your mind can be summed up in three words, recognize or replace and reinforce. So I think, yeah. I mean, this is the time for that question. <laughs> Could you expand on that? Because it's the number one thing. And, and I, I mean, I will give you an amen on that. <laughs> well, you know, I realize it like in Proverbs 27, it talks about, you know, as a man thinks in his heart, as a person thinks in their heart, so are they that your, your mind 
uh, the thoughts that you believe in your heart literally create the boundaries of your life. And so your willingness to either agree with God's design and plan for your life and the unlimited uh, abundant opportunity that he provides in the kingdom or your own agreement with fear and anxiety and woundedness and trauma and all the other stuff that may have gone on in your life, that is creating the boundaries in which you're going to exist. And I just found that, wow, if, if, if transformation, the Bible is really clear in how transformation happens. A lot of us are kind of taught, well, when it's God's will, you'll get transformed. Or if you pray hard enough, you'll get transformed. Or when God gets in a good mood, you'll be transformed. Or he'll bless you when you, when you get ready. And it's like, oh, in Romans 12, 2, it says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. That is, don't do life. Don't interpret life. Don't, don't live on the grid that everybody else is living on, right? But be transformed, fundamentally changed by the what? Renewing of your mind. That is, as you think differently, you begin to experience different results. And I just found that, you know, that scripture, you know, where it talks about, uh, you know, take every thought captive, every thought. So that's that recognize, you know, I'm not going to let just any old thought come through my mind because I realize those thoughts are seeds. And as I, if I let that seed go in my heart and get planted, then I'm going to have the fruit of that seed show up as the life that I'm experiencing. So if you don't like the life you're experiencing, change the seeds, right? So I'm, I'm capturing the thoughts. I'm looking at them. I'm saying that, does this line up with God's word with his best for my life or not? If it doesn't, I'm going to jettison that. I'm going to throw that away and I'm going to replace that with the truth of God's word. And I'm going to sow that in my heart. So I'm recognizing, replacing that lie with the truth. And then I'm going to reinforce, that is, every time that doubt, that fear, that anxious thought, that lie of the enemy um, comes up again, I'm going to do that same process again. I'm going to reinforce the truth of God's word in that situation. And as I do that, we know from neuroplasticity studies, and I just did a great uh, podcast the other day with a neurosurgeon friend of mine. I mean, the level of intricacy that God has designed our brain uh to, to glorify him in this process is phenomenal. But as we do that process of recognize, replace, and reinforce, it literally rewires our brain and uh, makes it more likely for us to be able to do that easier and easier and easier every time. And uh, I just love that. Yeah. And neuroplasticity also is not limited by age. That's right. Your, your brain can actually choose new channels and create new channels, no matter what your age is. So, you know, as you were talking, Matt, I was thinking, you know, for creative people, whether they're a songwriter or a basket weaver or a painter uh, or a wordsmith. Yeah. When you, when you look at your creation and you say, there's a discordant note there, there's something here that doesn't fit, whether it's a typeface or a color or just whatever it happens to be, you know, a stitch of something, you know, that doesn't quite fit the whole where it's going, that we recognize that or the people listening, no matter what their creative gift is, that they know when their creation has gone off key a little bit. And the thing is, we are God's creation yeah. And the Holy Spirit lets us know when we have something present and you were addressing that so beautiful by recognizing 
when we're not lining up with the word, when we're not lining up with what the Holy Spirit is trying to mold us into. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think well, you know, this whole idea, I've, I've just come to the place in my life and I try to impart this to others that God wants you to get this more than you want to get it. This whole thing was his idea in the first place, you know? And so this, this kind of fear-based theology that, oh, I'm going to miss God and I'm going to do it wrong and he's going to be mad at me and oh, I'm going to miss my calling and all that. So many people are just paralyzed by that. And I want you to see, you know, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is our guide. He's the one that's walking with us every day and with the word of God, you know, with Jesus at the right hand of the father, they're cheering us on. They want, we've been designed to walk in the abundance of the kingdom and wherever you are on the journey. And if you do it, if you get it right today and you flub it up tomorrow, realize that God's for you and uh, his mercies are new every morning. And you just gotta, you keep at it, you keep at it. And over time, that's how transformation happens. So, Yes, we, we know that we do not, we were not given a spirit of fear. That's right. And, and you have a meme that's available on your website. And I, I encourage all the listeners to visit Matt's website, which is matttommymentoring.com. And we'll talk about that in a little bit and it will be in the show notes. But yeah. I pulled a meme off that I also really, I mean, you, you just gave me the perfect segue into that. So I, <laughs> thank you so much. And here's the quote from you. Yeah. Don't ever entertain fear. It's a horrible dinner guest. It dominates the conversation, eats more than you were ever prepared to give it, and never wants to leave. And I want to ask you about this from the perspective of cost. You know, there's a cost of success as well as a cost of failure. Yeah. You know, what do you share with the people that you work with? Well, I think for all of us, you know, especially when we're faced with, the need for change in our life, you know, a lot of people don't want to make change until it hurts. <laughs> and, and, you know, I get that, you know, none of us like to be uncomfortable and that sort of thing. But um, I think all of us have to look at what is the cost of not changing in my life. If you entertain fear, if you continue in old patterns, if you continue to walk in fear and not pursue that business idea or stepping out as that artist that God's called you, what are you giving up? You're giving up the fruit of that dream that God's placed on your heart. You're giving up the, the grace and the relationships. You're giving up the divine flow of provision in your life. I mean, I think one of the, the main reasons Christians in general, but artists especially, um, struggle with finances is because they're looking for financial provision in an area that God never gave grace for them to receive it through. And they're out there in a mammon kind of based system thinking, if I can just if I can just strive, if I can just work those three jobs that I hate so that I can work, you know, do a little bit of my art on the weekends and somehow I can make it. And I'm like, my friend, that is not God's best for your life. But in order for you to have God's best for your life, you're going to have to make a change. You're going to have to do some things that may be a little fearful for you. You got to change some patterns in your life, change some thinking in your life. And so it's just super important, I think, for all of us. Am I willing to make a change and pay the cost um, of the unknown <laughs> and doing something that may seem a little scary and a little fearful in order to get the fruit of the results. And I, I think that's been one of the beautiful things about our, our mentoring program, being able to see artists who are, are in that kind of fearful place when they can do that 
in the context of community with others. You know, that's why for all of us, we need podcasts like this one. You know, we need a community of artists around us so that we can realize, hey, I'm not in this thing alone. Um, but if, if God did it in their life, maybe he'll do it in my life. And if, if they had success, I can have success. And I'm going to draw on that so that as I get ready to step out, I can be in faith and, and see God show up. So I'm a, I'm a big proponent of community as, as people make that change. So, you know, I, I love that you said that because, you know, I believe that the fastest road to failure is working in a vacuum. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it is, if you want to become mediocre, just work alone. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to yeah. get there really fast. So I want to ask you this, Matt, you know, when you when you have worked with people who they come in with fear, which means they have an issue with faith, mm-hmm. but they come in with fear. And I'm just thinking, you know what, I'm just I have to presume that there's a difference in their creative output. When they their that fear is replaced with confidence and faith and boldness and yeah. what have you seen? What is, what is the transformation in their art when you've helped them make the transformation in their spirit and in how they live their life? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if I've ever had anybody ask me that question, but as you're speaking, as you're saying that, I'm just like getting download about this. So I'm, I'm like, this is great. Um, fear is always accompanied by judgment mm-hmm. and judgment of self, judgment of God, judgment of others, output, you know, that sort of thing. And so that's the number one thing I think when I, when I have artists who come into our program and they're just kind of riddled with fear, judgment uh, of others, their artistic process, whatever, you know, their journey, that's automatically the paralyzing factor. And as they get free, you know, faith is always accompanied with freedom, right? That I can believe the best, that I can step into the thing that God's called me to do, that I can do, uh, you know, all things through Christ who strengthens me. God will bless me abundantly more than I can ever ask or think. I mean, it, it is a, it's a possibility, um, you know, mindset. And so that absolutely is mirrored on both sides in people's uh, creative process. And uh, again, I, it's amazing. I, I have people all the time come into the program. They're like, yeah, yeah, Matt, all this, you know, mindset stuff that you do and this healing work that you do. That's great. But I'm just trying to get to the marketing stuff. And I'm like, listen, I can teach you all kind of marketing stuff all day long. You know, how to build a better website, connect with clients, all that sort of thing. But if your mindset is jacked up, if you've still got an, an inner core of that orphan heart, that fear-based identity, then no matter how good things are, how good you get at marketing, you're always going to end up self-sabotaging yourself because you're going to be convinced on the inside that what you're doing uh, is, you know, you're not qualified for, you're not good enough, uh, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, all that sort of thing. But man, if you can get your heart healed and you can start walking as the person that Jesus called you to be and guided by his Holy Spirit, there is nothing that's impossible. And, and, and the speed at which that happens is, uh, is only determined by your, the, the speed of, at which you're willing to, to press into that process. So. I, you know, that's great. You, know, you talked early on in the, in the, uh, in our talk today about connection and how you discovered the importance of connection. And isn't that what marketing is? It's the process yeah. of connecting. It's the process of giving someone something to say yes or no to. 
And you cannot create connection and do marketing if you don't have an authentic you to plug into the other side of the equation. You will have no idea what your message is. You don't know what it is that you offer. So yes, we could continue for another hour, but we (laughs) don't have an hour. You know, maybe someday we'll be able to do 2.0 and come back. That's right. So Matt, for, for the people who are listening, I would love it if you would offer, you know, a final thought to them and also maybe a suggestion that if they visit your website, what their first step and their, their most powerful first um, connection with you might be. Yeah, so definitely if you go to our website, matttommymentoring.com, you'll see a little course that we've got there called Start Thriving Now. It's a three-part course, super easy for everybody to to take advantage of. And it just kind of walks you through the beginning of this process of kind of understanding what it takes to really thrive as an artist, why renewing your mind is is important, how you can start doing that right now. And I would just say for every one of you, regardless of where you are in your journey, how bad do you think you've screwed it up, how much you've struggled over the years, there is absolutely more. I don't care what uh, experience level you're in, what creative medium you're, you're in. I don't care what the economy says, what politics is saying right now, what the world situation is saying right now. The kingdom of God is active on and working. And, and God's desire for you is to thrive and walk in abundance. And uh, that is absolutely possible for you. And um, I'm so honored to be able to just have the opportunity to share on the on the podcast today and in, in, in any other way to, to help people experience that. So, well, well I, I just thank you so much. We're going to be wrapping up everybody and, and you're going to hear a little bit from Brandon here in a minute, but I just want to say thank you, Matt, so much. And I, I'm sure Matt will join in just saying for those of you that are listening, we just pray that you will listen to what the Holy Spirit brings to you about God's purpose for you, his vision for you, his plan for you, and know that you don't walk in your own power, you walk in his. Yeah. So thank you. God bless you. We thank you for being with us today on Creatively Christian. And Matt, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. To see our show notes, where we put resources mentioned in this episode, please head on over to theophanymedia.com forward slash Matt. Creatively Christian is a product of Theophany Media. You can find out more at theophanymedia.com. This show is hosted by Brandon Hollingsworth, Andrea Sandifer, Bill Brooks, and Lynn Baber. Our logo is by Bill Brooks. Our music is by Bill Brooks and Andrea Sandifer. To join our paid membership, the Creatively Christian Club, which includes exclusive content, networking events, and masterminds with expert creatives, just go to club.theophanymedia.com. Have a blessed day, and keep on creating for our Lord.